hey, uh, where is God? Now, if you were to ask a Jew where God is, depending upon the time period, that's, he would describe one of three locations. Obviously, there was Jerusalem, and Jerusalem was where the temple of God was, and so the temple of God represented the power and the presence of God. But prior to the temple, the other place a Jew would say, if you were to ask them, where is God, they would say Shiloh. Now, Shiloh is where the tabernacle was located, and the tabernacle was this mobile representation of the temple. And for 300 years, from the time they were wandering in the, uh, in the desert to the time of the prophet Samuel, when, if you were to ask a Jew, where is God, they would say, God is at Shiloh. But if you were to ask a Jew where God is prior to Shiloh, they would go, God is at on the mountain of God. God is at this mountain. Now, it's hard for us to sort of imagine that, right? We, we live and have been raised, and rightly so, to believe that God is everywhere. He is omnipresent, and everywhere He is everywhere at all time. And that's right. But I want to let you know, prior to Shiloh, prior to the tabernacle, if you were to ask a Jew where God is, he would point to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And that's where he would say that God resides. And today in our destination series, we're going to visit Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. In today's destination sermon, I want to not only describe the significant events that took place at Mount Horeb, but I want to propose something to you. I want to propose that all of us have, will, or need to visit Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. No, I'm, I'm not talking about getting up and, and uh, going to physically, going to Mount Horeb. Nor am I talking about us taking this pilgrimage to Mount Horeb. But I, I believe, and it's my conviction, that we all have visited, that we need to visit, or we will visit the mountain, the spiritual mountain of God. So why is Mount Horeb called the mountain of God? You may not have heard of Mount Horeb. You may not have heard of it. But if I say that Mount Sinai, all of a sudden everything starts clicking, right? Mount Sinai, we begin to understand that there's, there, there, and Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb are exactly the same mountain. And now we begin to understand all the significant events that took place at Mount Horeb. So to help us understand the significance of Mount Horeb, let's briefly take a look and review some of the events that took place at Mount Horeb. The one we remember the most, Moses and the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 3, God calls Moses from the burning bush, and that took place at Mount Horeb. Not only was that, Mount Horeb was the place where God led Israel back to to make a covenant with them. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 2, and that's a significant verse, it says, He led them back to Mount Horeb to make a covenant with them. It's at Mount Horeb where they received the Ten Commandments and all the laws and the rules and the regulations so that they would be a pleasing people to God. 
It's at Mount Horeb where God showed his care for the people of God. They have been wandering in the desert and they and when you're in the desert you need water and they needed water and so they came to Mount Horeb and it's at Mount Horeb that Moses struck the rock and water came from there. Mount Horrible was a, a place of devastating defeat also. It's where the people of Israel rebelled against God and made a golden calf. Mount Horeb, though, also was the place where God took the prophet Elijah. In 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19, God takes the broken down prophet and he takes him back to Mount Horeb. And for these and other and other events that took place, this is why we're studying Mount Horeb in our destination. I want to show you a picture of what they believe is Mount Horeb. They believe that this is the Mount Horeb. Now, whether it is or not, it looks like every other mountain in that region, <laughs> right? And, and all it is, all it really is, is a bunch of rocks and a bunch of dirt. It's an ugly mountain, right? But it's not just another location on a map, though. You see, the significance of Mount Horeb is not the physical, in a sense, piece of land itself. But what Mount Horeb is, Mount Horeb teaches us about the working and the nature of God. And that's what make, makes Mount Horeb so significant. And while I don't think that we are going to be vacationing at Mount Horeb, it's important for us to visit there. And we need to visit there. And I guarantee you, we will all visit Mount Horeb at one time or another. The significance of Mount Horeb. I want to let you know some of God's greatest work was done at Mount Horeb. And God used Mount Horeb to refocus and to reorient or orient not only people but even entire nations and that's what makes Mount Horeb so significant and it's important for us to travel to Mount Horeb and it's a physical location but it has a spiritual significance for us so today we visit Mount Horeb in our destination series first let me tell you is this Mount Horeb is a place of relationship in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 2 and 1 Kings uh, chapter 8 and verse 9, it says this, God led the people of Israel to Mount Horeb and he made a covenant with them. Now, if you read your Bible, I mean, if, as we read our Bible, we're always bumping into this word covenant. I mean, it's a word that we use all the time, covenant, covenant, covenant. And a lot of times when we're trying to define um, covenant, we begin to think of about it, and we've heard even you've maybe even heard terms like this. It's a contract or an agreement. And while covenant has elements of that in it, let me just tell you what the what those uh, definitions miss. What they miss is the the extraordinary personal relationship behind the word covenant. Here's what covenant is. Covenant is an alliance of friendship. Not only is it an alliance of friendship, but listen to this. It is a God-chosen relationship that makes us God's people. 
It is his, we are his own special possession. And not only that, it's a personal relationship. And it's summed up in this phrase here, I will be their God and they will be my people and I will dwell among them. We need to understand is this, Mount Horeb is just one location on many locations throughout the Bible that communicate this. I mean, think about it. Eden, Mount Ararat, Shiloh, Mount Horeb, Jerusalem. And here's what they communicate is this. God loves us and He wants to have a relationship with us. God loves us and He wants to have a relationship with us. And so today, if you're wondering, does God love you? And if you're wondering if he wants to have a relationship with you, then you need to understand that Mount Horeb stands as a witness to say this, God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with us. And so today God is calling you to this. God is calling you in a spiritual sense to Mount Horeb to say, God wants to have a relationship with you. And not just the beginning of your relationship, you know, when you were baptized into Jesus Christ. Not just that, not only, not only that, but he says, I want to have a continual relationship with you. I want to have a continual relationship as you grow in the word, as you grow in prayer, as you grow in the fellowship of the saints, as you grow in all the spiritual disciplines out there. But again, Mount Horeb says this, God loves us and God wants to have a relationship with us. Not only is Mount Horeb a place for relationship, but Mount Horeb is a place of renewal. I want you to think about the people who come to Mount Horeb. The people who come to Mount Horeb, you could describe them this one way, and that they are all broken. The people who come to Mount Horeb are broken people. And the nations that come to Mount Horeb are broken nations. And that's how you describe the people and the nations who come to Mount Horeb. And they come to Mount Horeb because of this. They come broken because it's at the Mount Horeb or at the mountain of God where God takes this brokenness. He takes this brokenness and he renews us at Mount Horeb. Think about Moses, this exiled murderer who's supposed to be the leader of the people of Israel. And for 40 years, he's stuck watching his father-in-law's sheep. And then God takes him to Horeb. And at Horeb, here's what God does with Moses. He tells Moses that his life is not going to be spent watching sheep. And he says to this, there's a higher calling for you, Moses. And you're going to be the person who's going to lead my people out of this abusive oppressive slavery and you're going to be a great leader for the people of God and God at Mount Horeb does this think about the people of Israel the people of Israel come to Mount Horeb and here's what they've known for over 400 years oppressive slavery that's all they've known is oppressive slavery. And if you go to Exodus chapter 3, it describes the horrible condition these people have endured under slavery. And then these oppressed people who live in misery and suffering, these people of Israel come and they come to Mount Horeb and they are renewed. Something changes. At Mount Horeb, here's what happens. God takes this ragtag group of people 
And he renews them, and he renews them, and he says this, I want to let you know that you're going to conquer nations, and you're going to conquer unknown, unknown lands, but more importantly, here's what's going to happen is this, you're going to be a testimony of what it looks like as a nation to be in a relationship with, Jesus, with, with God. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 6 says, and you will be a light unto the Gentiles, and that's what God does at Mount Horeb. I want you to think about Elijah for just a second. Elijah's elation due to the victory over the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel only lasts as long until the death threat from the evil Jezebel. From that moment on, Elijah is just this tired, depressed, suicidal prophet of God. That's all he is. And then God called him to go to Mount Horeb. And at Mount Horeb, God took this broken down prophet and he gave him a new life and he gave him a new assignment. You see, Elijah thought his best days of ministry, his best days of service were behind him. And God says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Your best days of service are ahead of you. And here's what I'm going to do to you. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to anoint two kings, and you're going to pick your successor, Elisha. And God does that at Mount Horeb. Our renewal at Mount Horeb. You see, Mount Horeb stands in Scripture. And over time, as a testimony to a restoring God. Mount Horeb says that we have a healing and redeeming God. Today, if you think you're too sinful and you've been overwhelmed by your past failures, then it's time to travel to Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb stands over our sins and our failures and says that God can even use those things to glorify and honor Him. Today, if you're feeling oppressed, if you're feeling beaten down by this world, then it's time to go to Mount Horeb. See, Mount Horeb stands as a witness for those of us who have been oppressed and beaten down people in a mighty way. Travel to Horeb and allow God to transform you into a light into this world. Today, if you're tired and your joy is completely gone, then it's time to travel to Mount Horeb. And today, if you believe that your, your best days of ministry are behind you, then it's time to go to Mount Horeb. The God of Mount Horeb speaks to us today, and he says this, I will work with you and for you, and your best days of ministry are not behind you, but in front of you. But not only is Mount Horeb a place of renewal, Mount Horeb is a place of the reassurance of the power of God. And I want to let you know that Mount Horeb is a place of provision. Turn in your Bibles to Exodus 17. There's this really, really cool passage there, Exodus 17. In Exodus 17, Exodus 17, the first few verses there tells us this. That God, <coughs> excuse me, God will take care of us, our provisions, even 
the most basic physical needs. In Exodus chapter 17, here's what's going on. In Exodus 17, I mean, I mean, think about it this way before we do that. Since COVID, we've lived in this world of shortages, haven't we? All right. We were over, uh, we were visiting our son who lived in um, the Netherlands, and we were actually in Poland when everything just broke out about COVID. And we started seeing all of these Facebook post about where to find toilet paper. And we're like, toilet paper? I mean, we live in just shortages, right? And the latest one is baby formula. And we sort of live in this world now where we wonder, in a sense, if we're going to have enough or will there be enough? And our powerful God at Mount Horeb says this, he, you could, that we could trust God that he will take care of our most basic needs. Now let's go to Exodus 17. Sorry, I, I, I lost the point in there, all right? That's why I need the slides up here. They help remind me. Exodus 17 says this. We find the people of Israel wandering in the desert of sin. Now, not literally sin, but that's the name of the desert. We find them there, and here's what's going on. They're traveling around, and they come to this place called Rephidim. And at Rephidim, it says this. And they found no water at Rephidim. Now, isn't that interesting? I mean, have you ever thought about that? God could produce water anywhere he wants to, right? I mean, if God wanted to have water produced at Rephidim, he could have had water at Rephidim. But it says that they found no water at Rephidim. And God instructs them to go to Horeb, Mount Horeb. And it's said there that Moses strikes the rock and water comes from the rock. Isn't that interesting? God says, I want to take you back to the mountain where I make covenant with you to let you know that I would, I'm going to take care of you. And it's at that mountain, I'm going to let you know that I will always take care of your physical needs. Isn't that interesting? He could have done it at Rephidim, but he goes, I want you to go to Horeb because Horeb stands as a testimony. It stands as a testimony to God meeting even our physical needs. I want to let you know, a long time before the Sermon on the Mount was written or spoke by Jesus Christ, where he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you, there was Mount Horeb. There was Mount Horeb. And Mount Horeb says this, I will take care of you. I will provide even your basic needs. Not only is Mount Horeb a reassurance of his power and his provision, but it's also as this, the power of his presence. I want you to think about this for a second. Leading the nation of Israel was a tough job especially a nation that's been in captivity for more than 400 years. And it didn't take long for Moses to be very discouraged in leading these people. He had just come down from the, uh, Mount Horeb with the Ten Commandments, and he saw the people of there who, he saw the horrible sinfulness of the people of Israel. They had made a golden calf, and they were bowing down and worshiping that calf and partying around that calf. And Moses is angry. He was so angry with the people. And he was so frustrated with God. Here's what he says. Look at Exodus chapter 33. <coughs> Go to Exodus chapter 33. And it's, it's, 
It's, it's almost a comical verse. I know there's comical verses in the Bible. Look at Exodus 33 and verse 13. I mean, he is so frustrated. He is so frustrated with, with the people of Israel, and he's frustrated with God. And notice what he says in Exodus uh, 33, 13. Remember that this nation is your people. God, guess what? These are your people. Now I want you to do something about this. And he's so frustrated. And so God says this. I'm going to show you my presence. And in Exodus chapter 33, what he does is he takes Moses and he puts him in the cleft of the rock. And and God's goodness, all his goodness, passes through Moses and then he raises his hand and Moses gets to see the backside of God but notice what it says about how God describes this event notice in Exodus chapter 33 verse 14 God said my presence will go with you and I will give you rest isn't that interesting isn't it interesting how God's presence in the midst of Moses' frustration, he says, I'm going to let you know, here's what my, mo- my, my presence is going to do. It's going to bring you some rest in the midst of your frustration. And that happened at Mount Horeb. We learn from Mount Horeb that God's presence is the thing that offers us true rest in the midst of our frustration and our discouragement. Are you frustrated today? Are you discouraged today? Let Mount Horeb speak to you and assure you that we have a God who is willing and graciously and wants you to see and to feel his presence. I want you to think about Elijah and the presence of God. When Elijah arrived at Mount Horeb, his perspective had radically changed. His perspective had radically changed. He went from this mighty prophet who, with a simple prayer, called down fire from heaven to a man hiding out in a cave, scared to death for his life. What changed? What changed for Elijah? Not God, just his external circumstances and and, and circumstances have a way of doing that right circumstances have a way of taking us to from the heights of i mean we're higher than a i mean we are just so excited about what's going on and just this subtle turn this is a change of just a few circumstances and we're lower in the snake's belly circumstances have a way of doing that Elijah needed to go to Mount Carmel and he needed to encounter the powerful God to change his perspective. Now, there's a lot of talk about, okay, so you know Elijah, when he goes to Mount Carmel, God gives him this big show. I mean, he's breaking rocks and there's storms and it's this incredible thing. And then all of a sudden there's this gentle whisper and the gentle whisper says, Elijah, what are you doing here? I mean, and there's a lot of discussion about the difference between the, the big show and then the gentle whisper. And, and here's what, it, maybe there is something there. But I think the point of the passage of Scripture is this, is that God just experienced, I mean, Elijah just experienced the, the presence of God 
to help him to deal with the circumstances that he's encountering. Can we admit this? It's been a tough couple years when it comes to circumstances, right? It's been a tough couple years when it comes to circumstances. And it just seems like doing life in itself is just difficult. And then all of a sudden you throw everything else onto this, this world that's going on. And, and we could let the difficulty of our circumstances really get us down. Really get us down. And when that happens, it's time to visit Mount Horeb. See, Mount Horeb tells us that even in the midst of our present circumstances, we have a powerful God who's keenly aware of the circumstances of our lives. And, and this is really interesting to me. When Elijah left Mount Horeb, none of his external circumstances had changed. He still had a contract out on his life. But what changed for Elijah was that he experienced the presence of God. Circumstances have not, did not change. He just experienced the presence of God. And I wish I could tell you today that your circumstances will get better, but I can't. But I can't. I will tell you this. Circumstances don't have to rule your life. Circumstances don't have to rule your life. And that's why it's important for us to go to Mount Horeb. Because it's at Mount Horeb. With the circumstances staying the same where they are, where we experience God's presence. And experiencing God's presence is the thing that changes everything. And so today... Let Mount Horeb serve as a place where you find and experience the reassurance that God cares, God has a presence, and God has power. Destination, Mount Horeb. Now you know with the AC, like we're feeling this now, right? It's the desert feel. I mean, you're starting to fan, beads of sweat. We've just experienced Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb. Our destination for today. A destination, the mountain of God, that says that God loves us, that God cares for us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to renew us. He's going to provide for us, and He has incredible power to deal with the frustrations and not only the frustrations, but the circumstances of your life. And so today, let's journey. Let's journey to the mountain of God. Let's journey to Mount Horeb as we stand and as we sing.